0: Open God's words with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. Francine, it is good to see you this morning. It's been too long. It's good to see some folks back that have been Sick? Battling sickness? It is January after all. It's good to see each one of you here this morning. Acts chapter 3, verse 26. For you first, to the Jews, Peter's preaching, God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning everyone of you from your wicked ways. The key there being God raised up his servant. Well, he's preaching in the temple area because it's right after the lame man was healed. And so we know that there's Sadducees, Pharisees, all kinds of seas around. And when Peter said that, it threw the Sadducees into a tizzy because they don't believe in the resurrection. They don't believe... That Christ was alive. But now there's some circumstances here. Facing them. That they cannot deny. But if they agree with it. Then they're agreeing that Christ did indeed rise from the dead. So they're, for them it's a conundrum. I say the jokes on them. Because Jesus is risen from the dead. Last week we looked at at the beginning of Acts chapter 4. There are the first 12 verses and the the first four grouping there where they they were greatly disturbed the, the the Sadducees were so what did they do well that's what we all do with all of our problems when they come up we throw them in jail right well that's what these guys did but verse four I, I love verse four it says but and and, and I, I keep saying this and some year it's going to happen I'm going to preach a series of messages in the Bible of the but gods. But God, but in this case it said, but many of those who heard the message believed. God's name was preached, and even though Peter and John were thrown in prison, many believed because they heard the word. Chapter 5, the next day, remember we talked about how they set up the Sanhedrin, there were 70 of them that were ready to try to intimidate and, and grill Peter and John into submission. They said in verse 7, what power or in what name have you done this? And then the key to the whole book, Peter, was filled with the Spirit. And he preached to them. But the key was that he did it in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in his own power. He did it at the behest of the Holy Spirit and in God's direction. He said, rulers, elders, we're on trial today for the benefit done to a sick man. Let it be known to all the people of Israel that it was by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. And and you know, every time the Sadducees hear that, you can just think of, to, to them it probably felt like somebody scraping their fingernails down a chalkboard. It just drove them nuts. They couldn't stand it. It was the exact opposite of what and who they were and stood for. But Peter once again says that God raised him from the dead and by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. And we talked, we told the story about the, the Jewish legend of the building of the temple and the cornerstone. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing today. Sorry if you missed it last week. You can, you can listen to it on our Facebook page, right? See it. <laughs> Talking about the cornerstone that was rejected. He talks about that in verse 11 and, and the Jews knew exactly what he was talking about. Our verse, Acts 4, 12, neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The world today wants us to believe that there are many paths to heaven. doesn't matter if you're Buddhist or Muslim or Whatever. You can get, you'll, you'll get to heaven. It all leads to the same place. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Wrong answer. There is only one way to heaven. Okay? We're going to look at some verses at the end of the message to, to remind us of that fact. Well, only one way to heaven. Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 4 verses 13 to 22. Now, as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were marveling, and they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply. But when they had ordered them to go aside out of the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For the fact that a noteworthy miracle has taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But in order that it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But... Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. And when they had threatened them further, they let them go, finding no basis on which they might punish them on account of the people, because they were glorifying God for what had happened. For the man was more than 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Father, open our eyes. Give us understanding. And Father, give us power to change. Give us the power to humble ourselves before you and to let you be the king of our lives. For you sit on that throne, Father. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge you as the king of our lives, as the king of this universe. As big as you are, God, thank you for loving each one of us. So open our eyes, please give us understanding, give us insight, and help that to change our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Verse 14, now they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated, and unlearned men. Different different, uh, commentaries will, will list it as not polished, not educated, not scholarly, uneducated laymen, commoners, ordinary, unlettered, untaught, without standing or status. These were fishermen from Galilee, they did not have PhD doctorates from the Jerusalem Seminary. One of my wife's favorite Christmas Hallmark movies is Christmas is the Plaza. There, there's a the, the, the lady in it, she, she's telling this, this gentleman that decorates the plaza at Christmas time. She says, Yeah, she says I've got my bachelor's from Yale, and I've got my master's from Harvard, and I've got my Ph.D. from Columbia, all in history. And the guy's obviously really impressed because he says, wow, if you had one more degree, you'd have a fever. I'm going to read, I, I want to read, and I don't normally do this, but I'm going to read some paragraphs from three of the different commentaries because these guys all said it so well. Well, and I don't want to mess it up. So I'm just going to read. Bear with me. We read that they, were pers- that they perceived the, the Sanhedrin. Peter and John were unlearned and ignorant men. That is, they did not have any college degrees or diploma. They marveled. They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They could see the evidence of their association with Christ in the firmness of their faces, in their boldness and bravery, and standing against the people who crucified the Savior. The more you and I associate with Christ, and the more we spend time with him in prayer and in reading his word, the more people will take notice that we have been with Jesus. Does your family and your neighbors, do they know or see that you have been with Jesus? Perhaps you can, this is a different one. Perhaps you can feel the tenseness of the situation. Peter and John, commoners, standing before the highest court in the land faced the toughest lawyers and the most brilliant theologians of that day. Worse yet, the leaders were furious over the trouble these two were making in their city. What caused Peter and John to stand on this occasion? How is it that those two ordinary men, displayed greater influence than the best and the brightest of their generation. The answer is that they were holy men of God. Their lives were dramatically transformed by the resurrection of Jesus. They were trusting in the Son of God, obeying his commands, and as a result, they experienced Holy Spirit power. Peter and John shocked the religious PhDs of their day. They spoke with deep insight about the things of God. And finally, it is a strange thing about human life. Some of the sorriest specimens of mankind that one will ever find were born in a king's court and were heirs to a magnet's fortune. Although dignity and hereditary confer some standing upon men, there is no man like a man who is filled with the spirit of God and the presence of Jesus. And they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. That is, looking at those men and hearing them speak and listening to the witness that they brought, the Sanhedrin remembered, we know where we've seen these men. We saw them with Jesus. What a glorious remark to be made about any group or any minister. A man is not remembered because of his degrees, his academic achievements, his scholarly scholarly background, or his ability in speaking of, of brilliant subjects. But he is remembered because he was filled with the Spirit of God, because he had been with the Lord. Do you not wish that the whole world were filled with lay men and lay women like that? And do you not wish that every pulpit had a minister who gave evidence of having been with Jesus, of having spent time in the presence of the Lord? Hmm. Do people know that you've been in the presence of the Lord? They'll know if you have. It's not something they'll think about if you haven't been, because most people around them aren't. But if you have been, they will notice. Back to Acts chapter. Four, verse 13. Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John there was there was boldness there that, that they couldn't understand. They couldn't understand why these unlearned ignorant commoners that hadn't gone to Jerusalem seminary, how they could speak like they were speaking with confidence. It wasn't arrogance. It wasn't sassiness. They were just preaching the word that the Holy Spirit gave them and testifying of what God had done through Jesus, His Son. They were marveling and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. Verse 14, I'm going to kind of put 14, 16, and 22 together. It says, "...seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they had nothing to say in reply." Verse 16, for the fact that a noteworthy miracle had taken place through them is apparent to all who live in Jerusalem. We can't deny it. And verse 22, for the man was more than 40 years on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Again, they were, they were in a conundrum. They, they couldn't possibly deny that it didn't happen. This man had been lame sitting at the gate of the temple begging for over 40 years. And, and if, we, if we look back, what, what happened right after he was healed in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 8? With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. He entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. Wait a minute. This is the dude that's been sitting at the gate for 40 years. He can't even walk. And now he's walking and leaping and praising God going to be a little tough for us to shovel this one under the carpet guys the whole city has seen that this man is healed and now these guys are saying they did it in the name of Jesus but we know Jesus is dead because we don't believe in the resurrection they're baffled they they just don't know what to You know. you know if you ever get somebody speechless that's a good place to have them They they just they didn't know what to do. So so what 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 could they do? Verse fifteen. They said, "Get out of here. Get, go get, go out there and wait. We got to talk." They didn't even want to talk in front of them because they knew they knew they didn't know what to say. They didn't didn't know what to do. They ordered them to go outside out of the council and they began to confer with one another. We say, "Misery loves company." So does conspiracy. What are we going to do with these guys? we got to figure this out. Let's huddle up. we we got to have a plan here. Ah, okay. But in order that they, verse 17, in order that they might not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in this name. How do you think that's going to work? We're gonna we're gonna tell them to shut up. Basically, they summoned them. They commanded not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I love I love Peter's response in verse nineteen. Peter and John answered and said to them. Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. They were not intimidated by the wise guys at all. If you turn back just a couple pages in Acts here, Acts chapter 2 and verse 29, or excuse me, verse 24. says, and God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. Remember when we talked about that? It, it, It wasn't something that could have occurred. It was not possible. It had to occur. The resurrection had to occur because sin cannot hold God down. It was impossible. Back to today's verse. Verse, or Yeah, verse 20. For we cannot stop speaking. It's not possible for us to stop speaking about what God did. It is not possible. You're asking us to. You're telling us to. You're trying to intimidate us. You're trying to make us feel about this big. Again, eh, wrong answer. Ain't going to happen. We cannot stop speaking about Jesus. We cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. And what was that? At the end of verse 13, they said, and they began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Turn quickly to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, verse 14. But when it was now the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and he began to teach. The Jews, therefore, were marveled. Seems like they were marveled quite a bit. Maybe they should have been marveled. But they were were marveling at what Jesus was saying. How has this man become learned, having never been educated? Uh Uh-oh, Jesus didn't go to the Jerusalem seminary either. So how could he be smart? His reply in verse 16, Jesus therefore answered them saying, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. The teaching is not mine, but it's his who sent me. Back to Acts, and, and it wasn't their teaching either. It was the teaching of, through the power of the Holy Spirit, but it was the teaching of Jesus because they had been in his presence. Whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. And in and, and my my thought would be: I would say we cannot and we will not stop speaking, but the cannot, there is strong enough that the will not is understood. We cannot stop speaking, and we will not stop speaking. He didn't need to say the second one because the first one was strong enough to cover it. We cannot stop speaking of what we have seen and heard. When they had threatened them further, they let him go, finding no basis on which they might punish them. On account of the people, because they were all glorifying God for what had happened. Now, I'm not going to find my verse now. I'm sorry, but earlier it's, it's it's an exact turnaround for for the the people in the temple, because earlier they were they were not on board with Peter and John. <laughs> okay, well, when the, in, in verse chapter 2, and this isn't what I'm thinking, but it's along the same line. In chapter 2, verse 13, others were mocking, saying they're full of sweet wine. When the power of the Holy Spirit came on them, and they were speaking in other languages, other dialects that people could understand. People were saying, how, how can these uneducated, unlearned fishermen from Galilee know all these different languages? And some jeered and joked and said, oh, they must be drunk. And that got Peter's pastoral juices flowing. He got up and preached and said, Men of Judah, let this be known and give heed to my word. These, these men are not drunk. If you'd been paying attention to the prophets, they, they said this was going to happen. They foretold this would happen. So go back into your history books and study your history. because And, and he goes through uh, Joel and some of the Psalms. And just talking that this is what was coming. But this this is kind of a, a a change of a change of direction for the people that were in the temple there, because now they are glorifying God for what had happened. And I know everybody's just gonna be shocked that I'm gonna go back and read these two verses from Nehemiah. Don't fall off your chairs or anything. So the wall was completed on the 12th day of the month, Elul, in 52 days and it came about when our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it they lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. When the world sees that God is doing the work and, and that as as peter says we cannot stop speaking they lose their confidence they lose their energy in fighting against god and his people when the world when when we've been in the presence of god the world will recognize that we have been in his presence because we will be different not oddballs or weird But we will be different. We should be loving, more kind, more gentle, more giving, more forgiving. That's not commonplace in the world. We cannot stop speaking of what we have seen and heard. And then the people were glorifying God for what had happened. We go back to our verse in Matthew 5. Do your your good works so that men may see them and glorify your Father. Not to glorify you, but to glorify your heavenly Father. And here the people were glorifying God for what had happened. Oh, it just came to me. I I hate getting old. Right after they healed him. I'm I'm looking right I gotta be looking right at the verse. Okay, here we go. Yep, I was just one above it. (laughs) Chapter three, verse twelve. But when Peter saw this he replied to the people, Men of Israel, why do you this or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we have made him walk? So right after they healed the lame man when he's leaping and, and going into the temple and praising God, the people are trying to give Peter and John the credit. And when they've seen what Peter and John have gone through and another day has passed, they finally get it figured out. And they come back and they glorify God. They put the praise where it should be. The Sanhedrin again in 21, they threaten them further, let them go, finding no basis. If Jesus were taught. And and I wrote this in my notes, and sometimes you write something down and it looks so much better than what you can ever think again. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna read it from my notes. If Jesus was taught they would become irrelevant. If if the resurrected Christ was taught the Sadducees would become irrelevant. They acted out of fear for themselves, not out of fear for God. Instead of asking, what must I do to be saved? They were asking, what do we need to do to be, keep from becoming irrelevant? In other words, we, we can't deny that this miracle took place. And, and at the same time, we don't want to acknowledge that Christ is alive and risen. Because if we do that, then, then there's basically no use for us. And they understood that, but yet their pride and their arrogance was still in their way. They could not humble themselves before God. So they were sticking with what they knew was wrong simply because of their pride. I'm glad you don't do that. I never do that either. How many times in my life do I think I know better than God? At no point in this text did the Sanhedrin or the Sadducees try to disprove the resurrection. Because in their hearts they knew it was real. They knew it happened because the evidence was standing before them, before the whole city. Because this man's healing, which was so obvious was done in the name of the Almighty God. It was done in the power of Jesus' name. They could not deny it. But yet they were so proud and arrogant and stuck on who they were that they couldn't humble themselves and acknowledge the truth, even though they knew it. Never did the Sanhedrin try to disprove that Jesus did in fact rise from the dead. Isaiah 45, 22. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. John three thirty-six. He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. And again, Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father, but by me. Father, thank you for your word. And, and and I pray that you would help anybody here that does not know you, that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, open their eyes. Through the power of the Spirit, pull them to you. Wake them up, shake them up. Make them to understand your word that you and you alone are the way to salvation. God, help us to be in your presence this week daily that people would know and understand through our lives and the way we live it that we have been with you. Give us that peace that Philippians talks about that no man can understand. They can't comprehend it. But, Father, in this day, in this world, and all the mess that we're in, we can have total confidence and peace resting in you because we know that you are on the throne, that you are God, and that there is no other. Father, we thank you for your word. Change us. Make us different people. Help us not to be the same next Sunday as we are today. Help us to love you more, Father. Help us to walk closer to you this week than we did last week. So that we can, with boldness, with Peter and John, saying we cannot help but speak of what we have seen and where we have been and that we have been with you, Father. We commit this to you. Ask for your blessing. We thank you for your blessing. We know that you have blessed us, Father. But please don't forget us and don't give up on us. Thank you for your patience, and we pray this. And Father, oh, just I want to just before I close, remember Dan Polzine. He's having surgery this week, Father. You know that. But we bring him before your throne. We lay him before you. We pray that you give him and Paul peace and that calm assurance that only you can give. See them through it, and, and we pray that your will will be done in his body and in his life, Father. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We are dismissed.